see everybody. Great to see the rest of you as well. But uh, Dad's awesome to have you uh, with us today. Uh, before I do, I want to jump in. Uh, before I jump in, I want to remind you that this Saturday is the Skyline Picnic, and uh, we've got potato chips. We're great with potato chips. <laughs> We're great with uh, a couple of other things. Uh, we, we do not have many landmark potato salads. I know that a number of you out there are fantastic with potato salads. So uh, check out the list and um, uh, make sure you pop by. It starts at 11. If you, you know, don't have plans, you're not going to be able to come. Then last minute it breaks open that you can come. Pop by. You'll have a, you'll have a great time. Okay, we're talking about uh, strength today. And... Uh, I, I love to tell my farm stories. If you don't enjoy them, please don't tell me, because I just love to tell them. Uh, but my, my dad had actually two stages to his life, because uh, he got cancer when he was 49. And uh, before that, he was a huge man. He was known for, uh, they used to call him uh, Fats. Uh, Fats High was his nickname growing up. When he was 16, he, uh, I think he weighed 230, 240 pounds and was pretty much the strongest guy around. Uh, he used to do some pretty impressive things. I've watched him uh, have a 300-pound pig run at him. I've watched him reach down with his arm, grab it underneath the chin, and flip him backwards. Like He was really strong, uh, which was beautiful as my dad, super scary, when I did something wrong. Uh, then when... He was 49, he got uh, stomach cancer, and so he lost uh, almost, he lost down to, I think he was 153 or something like that. Uh, He'd lost all that weight. Um, Fortunately, he was cured of the cancer, and uh, then a whole different strength came out. There was an emotional and spiritual strength that I'd never seen in my dad before that came out after the cancer. His priorities changed in terms of what was important, but you got to see the strength on both sides. And so uh, we are going to jump into uh, a little bit here and see what God has to say about strength because he's actually set you up to succeed in the area of strength, to really be strong uh, through his love. We're going to jump into 1 John, and he sets, up, he sets it up this way. And as, I, as we talk about this, um, you may be here today, and you may not have a relationship uh, with Christ yet. It doesn't mean you don't believe in Jesus. You may have believed in Jesus kind of your whole life. Maybe you grew up that way. But you've never come to the point in your life where you've heard Jesus call you and say, hey, there's a problem in your life, and that problem is your sin. It's you. Um, it has to be dealt with, and I've dealt with it. And he's asked you to place your faith, your life into his hands. You may not have taken that step yet. You may have heard about it. Um, You may be checking that out. You may be resisting it. Um, What we're going to talk about today is when you've already taken that step. This is something that God uh, offers in your life. The principles that we're going to talk about, you're still going to be able to grab a hold of them and, and apply, but they really are built on, as he talks about this relationship, it's built on uh, the fact that you have an intimate relationship with him already. And he says, he says this, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We have a relationship as men, as men, and today I'm talking to men, ladies, a lot of this is true for you too, but you just have to take it on the lowdown, all right? That this relationship that we have with Christ is one whereby 
Um, he has given his life for us so that we can be free from sin. But when we still do sin, he's an advocate with the Father. It's like he is arguing in heaven. He is saying, no, no, that man belongs to me, and I belong to him. I have paid for his sin. He is part of who I am. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Really huge part of the foundation of the relationship. So what we're going to talk about today is not about you becoming a better person. What we're going to talk about today is not about you getting stronger from the inside out. Because this is about how the reason, the the relationship that you have with God is one whereby he has already forgiven you of your sin. He's already put you into this amazing relationship with him. And Jesus is the one who maintains that relationship. Jesus is the one who gives that power or that strength. Then a little bit later, um, it goes on to say, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. I'm writing to you, and then a little bit, few, few, Verses later, he says, and he says, I'm writing to you, it's at the beginning of the letter, and he he mentions these different uh, age groups, really. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. Uh, I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, he kind of starts all over again. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. That's what we're talking about today. And the, world of, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. So really quickly, I just want to give you, kind of the, uh, summarize the list of things he said there for you, that, that this is the foundation why you're set up to succeed in the area of strength. First of all, you're forgiven. That's an incredible place of strength. When you don't have to worry about your relationship with God, it's an incredible place of strength. When you realize at any time, any place, anywhere, Christ is available to you and you're available to him, why? Because you have a forgiven relationship. You don't have something between you and him. You don't have to fear in that situation. Incredible place of strength. Number two, God is our friend. God is, uh, if you read the Bible, he's amazingly powerful, created the universe, and yet at the same time, He is your friend. You have the strongest friend in the universe. You're guaranteed to win at the end. It's a guaranteed win. When you have a relationship with Christ, it's a win at the end. It's guaranteed, not based on you, but based on him. Incredible place of strength. God is our father. Got father issues? Did you have a lousy dad? Oftentimes when I tell stories about my dad, I think, I bet those poor saps. You didn't have a dad like my dad. There's actually a lot of truth to that for a lot of you. You didn't have the dad I had. And you're like, oh, you think your dad was perfect. Actually, I don't. He was just great. That's all. He was just great. But you may not have had a great dad. Like, oh, no, there's good part. Maybe not. Right? This solves father issues. Because you trade in your dad for God the Father. I don't talk about this that much, but the truth is, I've traded in my dad for God the Father too. Something beautiful happened in my life because my dad did have character. When I traded in my dad for God the Father, I got to see my dad for who he really was. And his strengths seemed bigger 
But his weaknesses, they were okay. It was acceptable. It took care of my dad issues. Why? Because God is my father. Next one is, God's strength is available to us 24-7. That's a big deal. God's strength is available to us 24-7. And uh, number six, Jesus lives inside of us. That sets us up to be able to succeed. It sets us up to be able to be incredibly strong men. All right, what are you thinking during the video? Uh, Some of you are thinking, oh, come on. Let's not go over the top. It's too far. It's not over the top. It's not actually over the top at all. I would say it's under the top. Man, this is really important. You have the role of strength. It was given to you. You didn't earn it. It was given to you. It's, it's a dynamic that our culture refuses to talk about. It's the simple fact that in a child's life, you are the most important person on the face of the earth. Bar none. Cannot be replaced. You, you, you can't go, no, 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 we're going to do that different. We don't think it should be that way, so we're going to, and, and really, literally, our culture's trying as hard as they can to change that. They're not going to be able to. It's a, it's, it's a universal, if there's men out there in the universe, it's a universal truth. In your wife's life, no one can bring the strength you can bring. Nobody. It is a position you have been given. It's not something you earned. It's, it's not something that your wife said, yeah, I, I picked out, I had 50 of them to pick from, found the strongest one, and that's the one I picked. She doesn't even understand why you have this power or this role in her life. It's an incredible dynamic to watch. It's undeniable. It's in every situation. Every circumstance. You watch this happen. It's there every time. That's one thing you may have been thinking. The other thing you may have been thinking is this. Look, it's not like that in real life. Meaning, dads aren't like that. Men aren't like that. There might be a lot of truth to that for you. You may be able to really enjoy this and, 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 and kind of ignore the fact that there's this anger inside of your home. And it comes from the man who's supposed to be there to bring peace. It really is designed this way. It's designed that when dad walks into the home, ah, why? Because he takes care of things. He takes responsibility for the rough things in life and he takes care of things. You may go, yeah, but in our home, there's these fights. And you may have grown up with these fights in your home when you were a kid 
And so now they happen in your house and you think it's just the way it is. But you see, the idea behind a man who has strength is he has self-control. It's the strongest strength there is. It, It doesn't matter if you can lift and bench 450 pounds if you don't have self-control. You have physical strength, but it's useless. Actually, it's dangerous because you don't have self-control. And when when a man who has self-control walks into a home or parents a child, it's just like the video, only it's kind of underplayed in the video. And there's this, there's this, tendency for us to be able to go, yeah, but you you don't understand. I did this. I did this. What do you expect of me? I'll tell you exactly what's expected of you is to be a man who has the role of power like no one else in your family. Well, I didn't ask for it. I don't care if you ask for it. It's your role. But I, I, I never signed up for it. It's your role. It's true. You can abdicate it. So your role is to be the spiritual leader, the teacher and the model of who Jesus is so that my kids have the best possible chance to see who Jesus really is and then live forever. Or maybe you're just silent and you you actually say, well, I'm the silent type. It's a a dichotomy between strength. Like, how come you don't have the strength? I don't believe for a second that you don't want it. I don't believe for a second that you're a man and you don't want to lead your family and protect your family and provide. I don't believe it for a second. Not at all. Well, could you at all be wrong in any way, Chris? No, I can't. Every man has this in his heart. It's the way God created you. You may have been through a lot of things that have torn that apart and, and, and riddled that in your heart, but it is still there. And for many of us, we're trying. <laughs> for some of us, it doesn't look like we're trying, but we actually are. What's the problem? Well, I'm, I'm excited about this series. It's called Rebel. It's all about you being a rebel. Because you, you cannot be like the world and be a strong man at the same time. You're going to have to rebel. You can't be like what you see out there and be strong at the same time. You're going to have to rebel. At the core of rebel is you walk alone in the sense of the decision that you make. No matter whether anybody follows me or not, this is where I'm going. It doesn't matter if Pastor Chris thinks it's a good idea or not a good idea. It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter. I'm going to rebel. I am going to go in a direction different than anybody else I see. And here is a principle I'm, su- I'm just super excited about the principle. I so hope that what God has to say gets delivered to your heart. I-, I hope I don't get in the way. I hope you really get this. You see, maybe, maybe the reason that you struggle with strength is because 
you don't love God first. Maybe you're trying to love the world and God at the same time. And it really makes you weak. So uh, we're going to take a look at 1 John. And 1 John, uh, it's where we've already read from that passage. He, he says this, and this is kind of be the theme throughout our, um, throughout our series. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, now, you, when you think of the world, you may think, uh, don't love cars. Like, don't love houses, don't love sports, don't love fun, don't love... Uh, that's not what it is. He's going to tell us very specifically what it is. It's not stuff. It's not about things. It has to do with what you worship, what you love. He says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. So throughout the whole book of 1 John, he, he, he makes this super clear, and we're going to talk about it again and again and again. It's, about, it's this idea. When you love God, it pushes the love of the world out. When you love the world, it pushes your love for God out. The two cannot maintain the same space at the same time. It's as if you had two blocks. Here's a block. Here's a block. Who's going to maintain this space? If this block is in here in the space, then this block cannot be in the space. If you push this back in, then this block cannot be in the space. It is impossible to love God and love the world at the same time. They are enemies. It says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is, is basically the temptation to feel. It's the idea that the way that I achieve a life worth living is to feel. I, I need to feel stuff. I need to, whatever my body wants, that's what I need. That's what I'm after. It's, it's thinking that the way that I get to where I need to go is to feel something. If you love God first, you'll be strong. If you Love, feeling first. The saddest, I'm so satisfied by what I experience, the pleasure of life. You'll be weak. The lust of the eyes. The lust of the, the, the eyes is, is the temptation to acquire. It's the temptation to, to see, and you're like, okay, if I could just get what I see that would be so fulfilling to my life. My life would be a dream. It would be what I... So you begin to worship what you see. And here comes envy, and here comes jealousy, and here comes, oh, poor me, because I don't have what somebody else has. The, and the pride of life, the pride of life is the temptation to be somebody. I want to be somebody. I want to prove that I am somebody without God. In other words, not from God, but without God. No, no, don't get me wrong. Not that you don't believe in God, not that you don't, no, no. That's not what we do. What we try to do is get the pride of life, I need to, I want to be somebody to fit in the same spot as God has made me somebody. And so we keep trying to be somebody, not without God really, 
not realizing we just pushed God right out of it. We started with him, but we pushed him right out of it. It says, the world has its desires, but they pass away. Whatever it is you're after, these three things, they pass away. They only last for a little while, and then they're gone. It's part of the weakness. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. So the first thing is, you may be trying to love the world and love God at the same time. In other words, you have a life, and you're trying to fit God into the life. You have loves, and God's just one of the loves. He's not your first love. The purer your love for God, the stronger you are. The purer your love for God, the stronger you are. That silence right there is like a silence of impact. Just think that through. The purer your love for God, the stronger you are. The more contaminated the love for God, the weaker you are. And this is what he says in 1 John. He talks about three different ways that you love God. Now, just to back up for a second, God loves you. Now, I'm not talking about a sappy God loves you. Not sure this fits in the message right here, but I really want to say this. Guys, you don't need to learn that crying is okay. You don't need that. You know what? It doesn't matter if you ever cry again. Because the love of God is not about crying. It's about strength. Jesus did not come and go, listen, I need you to get in touch with your feelings. I need you, I need you to be more emotional. That's not what you need. What you need is decide who you love. Because whenever you decide that you love something, men, you give your whole life to it. Do you, you may not have had this experience so, oh, I'm sure you have great experiences, but I wish you could have had this one. When you fell in love with a car when you were 15 years old and you started saving money for that car, and you got your black Grand Torino, which was at the time the fastest car of anybody in high school. It was so fast, no one would race you. And so you spent your money, and you spent your time, and you washed it, and you drove it down a gravel road. You got to the end of the gravel road, and you pulled a blanket out that you had in the trunk. You wiped it all off. You loved the car. And then you met a girl. And you only had $680 in your savings account. You dated her for three months. At the end of the three months, you took her to Cedar Point and you spent $180 on top of what you've already spent and you came back from Cedar Point and you had zero in your savings account. Why? Because I love her. I give everything I have to her. Now, no one made me love the car and no one made me love Lori. I chose to. Men, no one can make you love anyone. This, this is not about making you love someone. You choose. You 
choose. And the woman, the man, the child, the God that you love in this moment, you've chosen. Maybe you didn't recognize that you chose it. Maybe it was when your bank account got to zero that you were like, what am I doing? What do I love? You choose it. The purer your love for God, the stronger you are. Then he talks about three ways that you love God. So this relationship with God is a response to the way he's loved you. It's intimate. But the reason why I said that thing about crying, sorry, I got lost for a second, is this. It's so personal. This love relationship we're talking about is not religion. It's not, I have to. It's not, I better so I can get what I want. Nope. There's a person named Jesus who loves you. And he is calling for you to give him your entire heart. As a man. Ladies, he does to you as a lady. But he calls you to love him as a man. In other words, you're going to give all of your strength to him. And here's the three ways that you do it. But if anyone obeys his word, the love for God is truly made complete. We're going to see this word complete over and over again. It means perfected. It means, com- it means fully there. It means fully engaged. It means it's done. It's a strength you can't imagine. It's a strength that causes you to go, wow, I can't believe I did that. See, when you're truly strong, it doesn't feel like it takes strength. Like you hang out with Kelechi, right? He picks something up. You're like, wow, you're strong. He's like, really, this thing? (laughs) That's how strength works. When you're truly strong, it doesn't feel like strength. That's what happens when you obey God. That's what happens when you go, okay, I don't make the decision here. God has clearly said, this is what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Weakness is, okay, I have two loves. I have the love of God and I have the love for something else and I got to figure out which one I'm going to follow. That's weakness. Okay, God has said this, but God, I need to understand why and I need to understand how it's going to work out and I need to understand where we're going to end up. That's weakness. Strength is, that's what God said, I love God, that's what I'm doing. And I'm doing it out of this relationship that I have with God because I love him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Pretty simple. Jesus said, whatever, whatever the Father says, that's what I say. Whatever the Father does, that's what I do. Whatever the Father asks me to do, that's what I do. I obey the Father. The next one is, no, no, one who, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So if I love God, then I'm going to develop strong relationships with other believers. 
Now, guys, we have life groups. That's what we're set up to be able to do this. This is some life group people, some folks in life group have this relationship. This relationship is a relationship whereby you go, no, I love God. God loves this person. I'm going to live life with this person. So when I struggle with pornography, I'm telling that person. When I come to group, we're not going to get together and complain about life. We're going to come to get together and we go, Where, what's the next step? Where are you going? What do you want to do? What's going on in your marriage? How are you loving your wife? Have you guys ever seen the pattern that when you walk out of church, I ask guys, how are you doing? Are you loving your wife? Taking care of your wife? You know what I ask that? You know what I do? I watch out of the corner of my eye. I watch her eyes. Because I know how he's doing based on her eyes. If she lights up, I'm like, man, you're doing a good job. I don't care if she says you're doing a good job if she goes, and you can see her. Oh, I better say something nice. This relationship is a relationship whereby you go, you know what? In this world, I love God first, and what God's called me to do is enter into meaningful, deep relationships with other believers. When you do that, you're strong. When you walk alone, even if you go to life group and you just play the game, you're weak. You're weak. And you're like, I don't understand. I wanted it so bad. I was so committed to it. I really, really wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to be strong in my marriage and loving my kids, but I keep blowing it. How come? Because you got two loves. Because you don't love from obedience. You don't obey from, from love. You kind of choose. And you walk alone. The last one is kind of the, the same thing all over again. It says this, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. Complete, perfected, all in. How do I become this person? How do I become the man like the man on the video? How do I do that? Well, this is how you do it. You have an intimate relationship with God where you love God first. I've really been enjoying this in my own life. I keep running into situations. I'm, I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. I know I should do this. I do that. I, 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 and this just keeps coming back to my head. Who do you love first? And it isn't do I love Lori first or love my kids first or love you first. That's not the question. The question is, do I, go, do I love God first? Do I love God first? And, and the next action I take, is it going to be because I love God first? It's amazing how simple life is. It's amazing how strong you can be once you love God first. It causes that love to be made complete. What he's saying is the love of God, the power of God actually surges through you. It is, literally, it is literally like you get one of these Superman suits. You become Iron Man. God has an Iron Man suit for you. And when you love God first, you're ready to go. Because the love is coming from God and then through you. This is how love is made complete among us. So that we will have confidence on the day of judgment in this world. We are like Jesus says the same thing again. He says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love.
All right, uh, we're going to reset it, okay? I've got one more video for you. As we watch this video, right, as we watch this video, because here's the question for today. The question for today is this. Does strength start with you and end with you? When you go to lift weights, right? When you go to lift weights, you're like, I got to be strong, I got to be strong, I got to be strong, I got to be strong. And quite frankly, strength does start with you and end with you. You either have it or you don't. But does the kind of strength we're talking about, does it start with you and end with you? Or does it come from God? And is the gateway that that strength comes into your life is that you love God first? You have a clear picture of how you become strong. When I love God first, when I pursue purity, I get stronger and stronger. When I think that the love comes from me, I get weaker and weaker. You see, for a number of you men, you've sat in here and I have challenged you about being a man. I don't think it's any secret. I love to talk to men. I love to grab guys by the collar and tell them, you love your wife. This is, this is the most important thing. You love your children. I love it. And you tend to go, okay. I'm going to do it. There's only one problem. You look like me. What do you mean? Well, my arms never were very big, but they're really not big now. Why? Because all of your strength you think you're going to get from somewhere deep down inside. It's not working, is it? You're still saying words to your wife that should never come out of your mouth. Some of you actually do this in front of your children. You're still pouring your whole life into work thinking that someday God's going to make up for it while you're silent and you're absent from your children. Why? Well, you're trying as hard, but actually you keep making excuses for the lack of strength. I got great news for you. There's a life where you don't make those excuses. That life comes from loving God. We're going to sing a song called uh, Stand. You may be tempted to go, yeah, I'm going to stand for God. That's what I'm going to do. No. No. I'm going to love God first. And he's promised me that when I love God first, I'll stand. I'll stand in ways I never dreamed possible. I will rebel against a world of men who have accepted lazy, angry, weak. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to love God's first. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving men. Thank you for giving us and providing us everything we need to be superheroes.
In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can stand. You stood before creation. Eternity. Oh